This is the Support Ops Podcast, a show devoted entirely to bringing some humanity back to the world of customer support. My name's Chase. I'm the guy behind supportops.co. We're back from the winter break with episode number seven, so we've got six under our belt. Seven should look good. Before we dive into the show, I did want to give a huge shout out to the team over at Help Scout. They basically took one of the guides that we did and did a, a brand new layout, a brand new design for it. And it just, you know, we got it today and it was a, a fantastic job on it. So huge props to the team over at Help Scout. Check them out, helpscout.net. Highly recommended if you're looking for a new uh, customer support app, that kind of thing. On the show today, special guest. Um, of course, every guest is special, but this one, you know, is, is going to be pretty cool, I think. Uh, her name is Sarah Steely from International Customer Management Institute. ICMI, which is probably the most official sounding name we've had on the show so far. Uh, Sarah's been working with companies on their customer experience for a little over 17 years now. And lucky for us, she's going to share some of that with us today. So everyone as a group, say hi to Sarah. It's great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. So ICMI, like I said, official sounding, right? Tell us uh, a little bit more about it, what you uh, what you do there, how long you've been there. Just, you know, give us the DL on it. Sure. So we're probably not as official as our name implies, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I do appreciate the fact that we're the most official sounding company that you've had on so far. Uh, so what we do, we're considered to be one of the leading providers of resources for call centers and customer service leaders. So we like to be able to publish lots of great content that companies, you know, in the call center space or in the customer experience space can utilize. And we also produce conferences and great training programs and certifications and pretty much anything that you need if you have a question about customer experience or customer service. Um, I've been working with them for quite a few years as a speaker, and I've been a member of their advisory board. And just recently, I came on board last fall as their editor-at-large. So I have uh, the distinct pleasure of choosing the content and the direction that we go uh, for the editorial calendar for 2013. So it's pretty exciting for me. And yeah, I've been you know, part of the customer service world for a long time, as you so eloquently stated. It's uh, been about 17, 18 years. Well, cool. And, you know, that uh, full editorial power there. Don't let it go to your head or anything. You know what they say about the power, all that. Um, but you came from a smaller support team, right, over at Eye Contact? I did. So uh, I was with iContact uh, for about four and a half years. And our support team, when I started there, was probably about 15, 20 people. And by the time I left, we had grown it uh, to just shy of 100. That's a big team. It is. It's and I've worked, you know, in small startup companies where, you know, we had five people uh, answering, you know, customer, you know, contacts, you know, all the way up to when I was in the offshore outsourcing world. Uh, I lived in the Philippines for a while and I was managing, you know, teams of several thousand. So uh, I've had the, the pleasure, I think, of uh, running the gamut of pretty much every size of customer service. Cool. So from what I could see about ICM, you uh, 
the companies that you work with tend to be bigger. You know, you're helping coach and train these companies, that kind of thing. So what's your average company that you work with look like? What's the average company that shows up for the conferences that you talk out, that kind of thing? And that's a great question. And actually, our company size, you know, rain is all across the board. Uh, I would say probably 40% of our community has less than 100 agents. And, you know, a good percentage of them are in that 10 agent and below category. Uh, so it, you know, we're, we're all over. And then, you know, certainly, I would say probably about a quarter of our community, they have greater than 250. 50 agents. So we work with pretty much everybody. And, you know, these companies, you know, that we consult or that we provide content to, they, you know, we're talking managers and directors of contact centers, but then also people who are just interested in the customer experience. So you don't have to actually manage a contact center to get something out of ICMI. Oh, that's cool. You know, that was definitely one of the things um, as I was prepping for the interview, that kind of thing. It, it kind of felt like, uh, you know, you were targeting more bigger companies, but running that whole range there is is got to at least be a challenge because you're you're probably not training the same way with a, with a team of, you know, sub 40 people as opposed to a team of 250, right? You're, you probably are, are customizing that quite a bit. Um, so can, can you kind of talk about that, that training there what's it like on, on both ends is is it uh customized toward the the company or is it more kind of one size fits all and and you kind of tweak a little bit in here but for for the most part it's just kind of what you get is what you get great question pretty much everything you know is customizable. So if we're going to come into your company and you say, hey, I really want you to train our agents, you know, because we have a specific problem, or we just don't have a training department and we really need you to come in and help set a baseline for us. We'll go in, you know, with an experienced, you know, group of trainers and we'll customize it to fit that. Or if it's an out-of-the-box solution, you can just go online and you can do training in that capacity. Uh, or you can send a team to one of our symposiums or to a conference and, you know, get some standard training in that capacity. I think the cool thing about customer service is that we all pretty much have the same intentions and we have the same, you know, final result. We want to provide great customer experience. And for some companies, they've got a ton of resources and they have a ton of money and they can put everything and anything, you know, into it. And for others, they don't have those things. And so they have to rely on more creativity in order to get the results that they want. Or they have to focus so much, you know, harder on process in order to get, you know, that consistent customer experience. So it, it honestly, it doesn't matter what size company you are. And, you know, even though I think a lot of our community is interested in what the larger companies have to say, they're small and, you know, they... They have limited budgets, they have limited technology, and they're really, really scrappy. And so they want to know, what can I do as you know a customer service team of 10 people 
but I want to look like I have a customer service team of a hundred. And that I think is what we can do really, really well. So we focus a lot of our content on the small call center and, you know, we're producing actually a webinar uh, in mid February. That's, you know, how to achieve big results in a small call center. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we certainly can, you know, cater to everybody and every size because, as I mentioned, you know, we all have the same goal at the end. You know, we want the agents to be happy and we want the customers to be happy. Which is such a novel idea, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, it always astonishes me because, you know, a, a lot of companies put all the effort and energy into making the customer happy, but they do so at the, at the cost of burning out agents um, or, or making them work horrible hours or substandard conditions, that kind of stuff. Um, so seeing the balance there that your, your company not only is focused on those, those customers, but also making sure that the reps have an enjoyable job. It's, it's such a simple concept, but one that I don't think a lot of people get for whatever reason. They don't. And, you know, it's it's not rocket science. You know, it's happy agents make happy customers. You know, you can see it. You know, the happier your agents are, the better their morale is, the more culture that you can infuse, you know, into your organization, the more they like coming to work and the, you know, the happier they're going to be and sound when they pick up that phone or start typing out a chat or an email. And for anybody who thinks that, you know, that tone and that attitude doesn't come through, they're absolutely foolish and they're spending their money in the wrong places. <laughs> so when you're talking about these, these call centers, we, we use the term call, call center, but it's it's more like a catch-all, right? These these are customer <laughs> yeah. centers. They're they're taking phone calls, but they're doing more than just that. Um, so you're you're kind of average, you know. And I hate to go with average companies, but to to help us get a better uh, mental image of the of the call centers. Um, so your your typical company, obviously taking phone calls, obviously probably working an email too. But is that kind of the limit? Are they trying anything like like a Twitter or Facebook channel or live chat or things like that, or is it pretty much everyone's sticking with with phone calls and email well you know, to be honest it's i would say email phone and chat uh still are you know your big three and you know we survey our community once or twice a year to just get a gauge on what they're focusing on and what they want us obviously in turn you know to talk about and you know this year it's all about those emerging channels and how to incorporate them you know into those standard you know traditional phone chat and email and so we're seeing a lot of attention primarily around the mobile side uh i think social while it's it's cool it's hip it's required it's not taking as much you know energy as a lot of companies thought it would it's a it's relatively easy to incorporate into you know the the standard just workflow uh, as long as you've got a little team that's uh, socially savvy and well as we know, most people are either there or they're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, in the last couple of years, we saw this explosion of, like, you know, vice president of social media or director of social media, that kind of thing. And you don't see that anymore. It's kind of getting yep. folded into just here's our team and, and we do everything. We're a jack of all trades kind of thing. 
Exactly. Uh, I think the big challenge, though, is going to be on the mobile side because, you know, we now all walk around with these devices in our hand and we can do everything and anything from them. And we expect our customer support to follow that same vein. And so customer, you know, companies are being really challenged right now in trying to figure out how to provide, you know, customer service directly from the device. And so I'm really excited and encouraged to see a lot of companies asking questions around, you know, how to provide SMS support and, you know, more chat support and instant messaging and things of that nature where, you know, the phone's never going to die, but some of that phone traffic is probably going to get diverted, you know, into, you know, more automated, you know, type support. So that's, that's kind of interesting. You know, when I pick up my iPhone or, or that kind of thing, I, if I'm talking about support, I normally think, oh, I need to call somebody or I've got email so I could email somebody. But you mentioned SMX. I, I, yeah. I don't know how how I would text a conversation on that. So kind of kind of walk me through what what ICMI is thinking about when they when they talk about mobile support. Is it, you know, obviously where SMS is, you know, the text is it's never going to die. My mother texts, everyone texts. It's like email. <laughs> um, but are there other kind of avenues there on the mobile device that they're exploring? Well, from an SMS standpoint, that's where your proactive support is really going to come into play. And when I think of like the best support that I've ever had, most of the time, you know, it's in a proactive fashion. If you can catch me before you've broken a promise to me, or you can catch me before I've become so invested in a decision or in an option that I'm going to be upset if I have to turn backwards. You know, you've already, you know, won me over and you've already created a great experience. And that is what SMS can do. So when something is out of stock and you've already ordered it or, you know, just for example, like last Friday, I got an SMS, you know, from my bank saying, hey, did you make this charge? And, you know, they rarely reach out to me because I make a lot of crazy purchases and I travel a lot. So they're pretty used to me, you know, uh, making purchases, you know, in some little town in Asia, for example. <laughs> and so I hardly ever hear from them. But this was something that they thought was out of the ordinary. And, you know, in the old days, you know, quote unquote, it used to be this horrendous, lengthy conversation with the fraud department about, you know, hey, did you make this charge and this charge and what were the last five and do you recognize this? And now they send you a text message and they go, did you make this charge? Press one if yes, if two, if no. It's awesome. You know, my card wasn't turned off. I wasn't suspended from anything. It was like, yeah, I did it. And they're like, okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But, you know, AT&T does that. Um it's convenient. <laughs> it is. It, it was, you know, it was kind of the first time I, I've experienced and Like you mentioned, it was proactive. So when I went and bought my iPhone, the next day they sent me a text and they were like, hey, can we ask you three questions? You know, one was about the device, one about the experience, and the one about the the uh, the rep in particular that sold it. And it was really quick, you know, scale of one to five, how well did they do, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I was used to that, but I don't think I don't know if my bank would send me a, a text message about hey did you buy this that's that's kind of cool. 
It was really cool. And, you know, and, but granted, that's not a very personal thing. And so people who still want to have that personal touch with the companies they work for or work with, mobile is still going to be able to provide that. And we're starting to see some interest in video, for example. You know, anyone with an iPhone has FaceTime. And there are some really high-end brands right now that are experimenting with using FaceTime to have that one-on-one conversation with their customers. And, you know, they're realizing that, you know, with the people, for example, that, you know, spend the most money, it makes sense for them to know who they are and still have that face-to-face interaction uh, like they would in a store. But now that people are buying stuff, you know, online and through their mobile device, they're not having that same connection any longer. And, you know, so video is still going to be able to accomplish that. You know, I, I haven't really thought about using FaceTime in that kind of way. <laughs> I think you're going to hear more about it this year. Um, it's a, There's quite a few companies who are tossing around, you know, that as an option. And we were actually at iContact uh, using video and, you know, uh, FaceTime for technical support. So, you know, it's such an awesome thing when you have an issue, you know, with your printer and you can just show the agent you're talking to, you know, what your issue is. You don't have to describe it anymore. You just turn your phone around and say, hey, this doesn't work or this, you know, where do I plug this in? What do I do with this cord? You can show them instead of just explain it. So it's really convenient. They'll they'll actually be able to see if the device is powered on and not just ask you. Exactly. <laughs> now turn that on and off for me, please. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so the other thing I, I kind of wanted to dive into, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, the, the rep side of all this, the actual customer team behind all these. So for so long with these customer centers, these call centers, we've always – heard about the dreaded stereotype of, uh, you know, you've got to meet so many numbers, you've got to meet your quota, which meant that the customer surfers because they were just trying to get through their queue or onto the next phone call, that kind of thing. So are you seeing any shift away from that kind of got to hit your marks mentality? I, I actually think that we are starting to see that shift. And, you know, metrics are always going to be important in the management of a contact center because, you know, when you have that number of people handling, you know, whether it's five or 500, you still have to have a schedule, you know, so that any customer that comes in is being handled. You have to know, you know, what that, the, the customer, you know, just, traffic looks like. Uh, you have to be able to look at quality. You certainly should be measuring, you know, customer satisfaction. Uh, from a budgetary standpoint and a forecasting standpoint, you have to know, you know, how many contacts came in, how many you abandoned, you know, uh, the length of time, the average handle time. All that's important, but it's not exactly important at the agent level. And we're starting to see more and more companies realize that while their supervisors and their managers need to know that laundry list of all those metrics and all those acronyms that we use in the contact center world, the agents shouldn't be bogged down with that. The agents should know 
what my quality score is and what my customer satisfaction score is. If they don't know anything else and they work to make those two numbers as best as they possibly can, all that other stuff is going to come into, into line and into place. And, you know, we really push, you know, for the companies that we work with to focus heavier on the customer experience and, you know, let that other stuff, you know, happen. You know, that's not to say that you want every agent being on the phone, you know, for 30 minutes unnecessarily, but the customer is going to tell you if that's unnecessary or not. If the customer believes that an average phone call you know, with your product should last 30 minutes and they give you great marks for it and they keep coming back time and time again and re, you know, repurchase with you and you know, scream your praises, well, then it's probably worth it. And you as a company now have to figure out how to, you know, re-budget and, you know, provide resources to accommodate that. So, yeah, uh, I think we're starting to see more empowerment at the agent level. We're starting to see agents, you know, being able to make that connection with customers and, you know, really improve that customer experience. And candidly, we have social to thank for a lot of that because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so delightfully easy now, you know, for a customer to reach out and say, I had a great experience or I had a poor experience. So when we're talking about the uh, kind of the, the morale of the team and the, the happiness and that kind of thing, say you walk into a company and, and the the team isn't really energetic about working that you know it's it's a job for them that kind of thing what are the f the first couple of steps that that you would advise the the company to take to to make them at least happier you know to to help boost that morale a little bit well for starters you have to begin at the at the layer of the leadership and they need to be reminded that behind every metric there's a human and that is so vital to the success of any contact center. You aren't going to get a metric you know, that you want unless there's a person behind it providing it. And the happier that person is, the more efficient that person is, the more effective they are, the better that number is going to be. So we really, you know, when we go into contact centers, we're going to take a look at, you know, the top and the bottom. And, you know, we want to look at, you know, how those agents, you know, what do they feel? You know, what are they, what are they expressing? You know, is their concern? Do they not have the right tools to do their job? Are there not the right processes in place? Uh, are they, you know, uh, is the product itself, you know, causing them angst? <laughs> and, you know, all of those things go into the happiness, you know, of a person. And, you know, if you give them the right resources and the right process, process uh and the empowerment to do something about it you know they are going to be happy and you know to your point about morale morale doesn't really cost a lot of money you know morale might mean uh you know your agents want an extra 15 minute break morale might mean that you know they want to have some work at home options. Uh, morale could mean that, you know, they want four 10 hour, you know, days instead of working, you know, across six. So it really pays to pay attention 
and talk to your agents, do focus groups, uh, read CSAT results, and do agent surveys. Do agent feedback sessions and you know, make them anonymous, make them you know, any way that you can so that they're providing you with you know, candid feedback about what's working and what's not. Um, the agents aren't happy. The customers aren't going to be happy. Which, again, you know, like we were talking at the beginning, such a novel concept, but not a hard one. It's not a hard one. And, you know, people just, managers and directors forget to ask. It's really that simple. They just have to ask, how are you feeling? How do you like your job? What can we do better? See, easy, easy questions that any, any manager should be asking every day. Every day, yes. <laughs> so put on your uh, forecaster's hat, uh, witch's hat, whatever you want to call it, but look <laughs> into the future and, and tell us, you know, are we going to get better customer experiences from these companies in the next year or are some of them just too big and we should just give up hope? <laughs> I don't think we should ever give up hope. Uh, you know, the challenge with the larger companies, as we all know, is that they have some pretty rigid and tight processes and standards. And so they aren't quite as nimble as the smaller call centers can be. Um, but I think that they are starting to take some creative risks at the larger level, uh, certainly at the smaller level. And I think the smaller contact centers and some of these startup companies that are, are coming back out and they're generating like really positive commentary in the social media space, they're giving the big boys a run for their money. And they are causing the larger companies and the larger contact centers to pay attention and realize that they have to do some things differently. So, I think it is going to continue to get better. Um, I honestly can say that I probably have, you know, a great customer experience every day. And, you know, I don't know that five years ago I could have said that, but I really honestly believe that companies are paying closer attention now because they have to. Uh, customers have a greater voice and customers have a stronger voice than they've ever had before. And uh, they, you know, to your point earlier, they recognize the power and they're using it. <laughs> all right. So final question before we head out. It's my favorite one with all the guests. All right. Give me the best customer experience you've had where you were on the customer side. So mm -hmm. not you giving it to somebody, but you were on that receiving side. And I love this question. And, you know, again, it comes back to the whole proactive customer service. And I just wrote about uh, this, you know, relatively recently. There's a, an athletic clothing company called Jim Doll. And I, they have my favorite tank tops ever. <laughs> and I ordered, uh, you know, probably three or four of them. And uh, went about my business, and you know, it was probably about I would say 12 hours later that I got this really well-worded, completely you know personalized email, and it was essentially telling me that one of the shirts that I had ordered it was the last one in my size, and it was defective, and you know 
Some guy in the warehouse discovered it was defective and said, I'm not comfortable shipping this out. And so they emailed me and they said, choose something else, please. And, you know, choose something at a higher value. And I did. They shipped it out, you know, uh, the next day uh, at the lower price, uh, threw in a free yoga mat and, you know, told me that the second that the shirt that I really, really wanted, you know, was available, they would send it out to me. But I had dialogue, you know, with the agent. You know, I knew the agent's name. Uh, they, they, you know, related stuff directly to me. They were so, you know, appreciative yet apologetic. But at the same time, it was like I couldn't be angry that, you know, what I really wanted wasn't available because they gave me something better. <laughs> And so I have been singing their praises uh, and I will continue to do so because I think companies like them that do great, great things for the customer should absolutely be recognized. All right. And uh, that's it for this show. So you can get in touch with Sarah on Twitter where she's at S Steely or reach out to her website has the best URL ever. <laughs> it's uh the badassunicorn.com best URL ever. <laughs> Thanks to uh you for being here, of course. Absolutely. And uh special thanks to Chase Livingston. He's uh our brand new podcast producer. He also started into his first series on the site, so make sure to check that out, supportops.co. Uh, he's going through and reviewing some different customer support apps that he tried on his hunt for a new one over at uh, uh, where he works, the, the Ubuntu One team. Of course, let me know what you thought of this episode. Hit us up on Twitter. We're at supportops there. You can shoot us an email if you want to do that. Same URL, supportops.co. Just click on the uh, contact link in the top uh, of the page there. I'm Chase, and I'll see you again next week. 